Welcome to the Fabricators Coach Podcast, where we believe that every fabricator deserves to have a business that not only makes the money, but also gives them time to enjoy it. In each episode, our goal is to share real information that you can take action on and use today, information that, if you will use it, can help you reduce the chaos in your business, help you make more money, and help you get your life back. This particular podcast was created from a live recording of a previous webinar. In order to protect the confidentiality of the attendees, we've gone in and redubbed some of the questions and cut out some of the conversations. All right. Well, I've got about four after. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, that way, we have we've got some good time for discussion. We may have some more folks that, that pop in. If they do, we'll uh, we'll let them introduce themselves. Um, so, I'd like to to first, you know, thank everybody for being here. Thank you for taking some time out of your Friday. Um, really glad that you're joining us, and look forward to a a good discussion, and um, and hope you get something out of it because that's the whole purpose is for this to be of benefit to you. So what we're going to do today is a um, is a quick review of the January article that came out in Slippery Rock Gazette. Uh, title of it is Decisions, Decisions. Uh, for those of you who uh, who don't know me, my background is I've got 40 years experience in manufacturing, business, coaching, literally worked with hundreds of companies in, in a lot of industries. I've uh, been doing work in this industry uh, in the last uh, for the last 20 years off and on. I've owned my own brick and mortar business. So those of you who are owners, I know how lonely that can be at times. And I ran a countertop shop for a few years. So I've uh, I've been where a lot of you folks are. Um, as I was talking to some of you before we started up, this session, if you've never attended before, is really more of a discussion than a presentation. I like for us to learn from each other. It's called peer-to-peer learning. I think that all of us here have got something to offer, and I think it's good to share that. So I'll ask a lot of questions. And if you don't volunteer to answer, I'll call on you. So <laughs> those of you who know me know I'm not bashful about doing that. Um, we've got this scheduled for 60 minutes, uh, and we'll wrap up at the top of the hour. But what I like to do, too, is also leave the session open for about 30 minutes afterwards. That way, if anybody wants to hang out, they've got a few questions, just want to have a kind of a casual conversation, uh, really happy to do that. So that that seems to be something folks like a lot. Um, the article, like I said, is Decisions, Decisions. If you haven't read it yet, you can go to slipperyrockgazette.net, uh, hit their online version of the of the magazine, select the current issue, and you can find the article there. Obviously, you can go to my website, fabricatorscoach.com, select the blog menu item, and you can get a copy of it there as well. So the purpose of these articles, um, you know, I had a whole series I did last year to kind of help folks, you know, get ready from one Christmas to the next. Christmas, all you know, holidays typically being a really busy time and for most people in this industry, some for depending on your market segment may or may not be. Um, and the whole purpose of these articles is to help you have a business that not only makes you money, it also gives you time to enjoy it. I, I really think you deserve that. And of course, the, the method we use to show you ways to work on your business instead of just working in it. Uh, because the more you can work on your business, the more you're going to improve your business. And of course, as you improve it, then closer you get to, to, to stopping being that most expensive employee in your business. You get to be a business owner instead of an employee in the business. And I really think it's something that's important to do because you put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in your business. I think you deserve to get something out of that. Um, and just as a side note, one of the things that we do with these webinars is we convert these into podcasts. 
So if you go to any podcast platform, look for the Fabricators Coach podcast. You can listen to these after we get it posted tonight or tomorrow. Um, and then um, you can also go to the website, hit the podcast menu, and you can you can pick them up there as well. So I uh, pick up this one also any of them in the past. So let me ask a question. How many of you are either in the middle of or getting ready to make a significant business decision? It may be something like a, a large purchase, a new machine or a new operating software. It may be the decision to go digital. It may be to move the shop from one location to the other. Uh, who's Who's got something like that that's on their plate right now that they're looking at? We're looking at um, putting FlexiJet in all of our Cambria-owned um, facilities in Minnesota. So that's a big one for us. Yeah, that is Changing big. from LT55 to FlexiJet. So that's, yeah. Okay. Financial investment there, obviously, and the process change and how they use it and learning curves and training and all that stuff. So that's a big one. So it's a complex decision, isn't it? Anybody else? Stoneworth is. Stoneworks, what do you got going, John? Uh, we're close to consider. We're working on a solar project for uh, to reduce our power. We have a large roof, and it's it's about a six hundred thousand dollar project. So we're looking at it real close. Okay, big decision, obviously. Somebody else had one. Who was it? Michael, Victor, um, Jose. I got. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, Michael. Well, we we got a new stall. It's supposed to arrive in. Um, Probably late February, early March. Okay, so you've already you've already made that decision. Now you're just in the in the execution. Yeah, phase. we've already made the decision. Yeah, we okay. made it six months ago. But all yeah, right. good. Well, that fits. Uh, let me ask you. You know, these are all all three of these are, are big decisions. What's the biggest challenge that most of us face when we're making decisions like this? Probably the unknown. <laughs> okay, and how do you how do you address the unknown? What do you do? Ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> hope it'll go away, right? <laughs> yeah, like a friend of mine likes to say, hope is not a great business strategy. How about the rest of you, what do you? What's the biggest challenge for the rest of you making decisions like this? Interruption and downtime. Okay, that's part of it. Just that's the. It takes time to think through it, and then in the execution phase, you got to have time to work on it. So that's that's always a big one. What other challenges do we have? Inviting a process change, and then educating your employees on new training for learning something new. They don't always love to learn something new because they've been using the old way a long time. And so you can meet yeah. resistance there. And that's on the implementation side, certainly. How about when you're on the front end of this thing, trying to figure out which way to go? What are, what are the biggest challenges there when you're trying to just figure out which option are the ones that you've got to, to pick from? How do you figure out which option to go with? Well, it's a leap of faith. I mean, at some point, you, you have to believe in it and do it. Yep. Sometimes that's the case. Anybody else? Well, I will say uh, from, from, so we already made a decision as far as like purchasing the new uh, machine. Uh, but um, part of it was to basically something, the things that we did not see coming, uh, like associated with that decision. So I would say probably uh, a better understanding of. Uh, so uh, anything that associated with that decision, the things that you already know and the things that you don't know, consider what could be the additional, maybe cost, maybe time, maybe effort associated with that. Okay. And, and I think a lot of what everybody's kind of implying is that these, there are a lot of factors in a lot of these decisions. They're really very simple, are they? 
I mean, there's there's a lot of options for how you do pretty much anything these days. Um, I think another big aspect of these is that these are these are big decisions, and big decisions imply what if you do them well or you don't do them well. Kind of implies a lot of risk, right? If you've got a really big decision and you've got to make a good one, obviously you want to for your business. If you make that decision really well, it's a big benefit to your business. You make it poorly and it can be very detrimental to your business, right? So there's a big risk factor. And when you combine that with the fact that there are lots of different options, sometimes trying to figure out which option to select can be the really the, the toughest part of this, at least on the front end, is, is trying to figure that part out. So there's a lot of options. How do you go about figuring out which option is the best option? Is there a methodology that any of you use? Is there something that, that y'all do on a, on a regular basis? Jose? You and your crew? I guess um, evaluate constant evaluation and measures of some sort uh, in order to help make the decision. Uh, it will be about the process too that we have. And how's that? Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, like for example, um, the way would they make the decision to cut something or send some kind of material that delicate, you know, for each saw. Uh, evaluate, make the decision about the, how it would be the better the better option to send this to the saw the job. And that way we can know where we can be uh, cut faster. For example, we have a, a, um, a saw that we can send only the porcelain. And we use the, the fast uh, saw that we have to cut the, all the cambrias and all that much outside the materials like, uh, faster. Okay. And what we're really talking about, some of these big like investment decisions, like buying a new machine, uh, maybe uh, buying a digital template or going digital in the first place, you know, these really big uh business foundational type decisions. I think you're talking a little bit more about the operational decisions. Um, yeah. And that's that's not quite what we're looking at here. What we're looking at are things like, okay, I want to buy, um, I'm thinking about buying a new saw or a new CNC. Which brand do I go with? What features do I need? Um, there may be something like, uh, like I've got a client right now who's who's growing really well. So he's he's outgrowing his location. He's trying to figure out um, you know, should he go buy a, an existing building? Should he build one? Where should he do this? You know, those types of big decisions can really be kind of daunting at times. And what I find is talking with fab shop owners, a lot of them just like to go ask other owners that they know for their recommendations, especially if we're talking about maybe buying a, a digital templater or buying a certain machine or something like that. Is that something that, that you folks do where you talk to other fab shop owners to get their input? For sure. Okay. I personally don't speak to a lot of other fab owners, fab shop owners here in Florida. Um, it's um, very few, far in between. And there's a couple, but you know, once in Miami, once in uh, Delray. But um, I don't know. This is uh, sort of a dog eat dog world in the Florida, uh, in the state of Florida. So yeah, any place with a lot of population density, there's going to be lots of fabricators there and they're certainly going to be after each other. No question about that. Yeah, yeah. it's got it's certainly got its downsides. I, I do run into a lot of fab shop owners that they've got friends who may be a state or two or three later, you know, over from them, you know, outside of their geographical area. So they're not competitors, but they're 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 friends and they'll share information with each other. Um, there are a lot of good paid membership organizations in this industry. You've got ISFA, you've got Rockheads, you've got SFA and, and others that are out there uh, where you can go, you know, be a member and, and meet with other fabric shop owners. And I think that's good too. And a lot of times when folks start talking about options like which machine to buy or what to do, 
Um, they'll go visit that other shop sometimes, which is great too. Uh, I've talked with a number of shop owners that fact, had a client um, about a year or so ago that wanted to, was needed to buy a new piece of equipment. He was a member of Rockheads and he was able to kind of do a survey of the membership and he found a couple of folks um, that he had a little bit of a relationship with who already had the piece of equipment he was considering buying. He was able to go in and it was two or three states away and um, and look at that machine, watch it run, talk to the operators. And it was a, it was a really good op- opportunity for them to kind of see the machine in action before they actually made the investment. So, Hey, Ed, I just wanted to point out too, and I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, Cambria also does um, free consultation for fabricators. Um, you could do it in person or um, through a webinar, or just like a Zoom call, and they'll help you. Um, we cut uh, mostly Breton, and uh, we use some park machinery at our training uh, education mm-hmm. facility up in St. Peter. But you can come and look at the machines, run them if you want to. You can go to St. Peter and run some park machines. Um, and then we, we'll ad- advise or just give some consultation on shop layout and um, some things like that. So that is at no no cost to the fabricator as well, that um, advisement. So a lot of people don't know that we do that. We do need to do a better job of communicating that, but uh, it's called the Academy at Cambria, and that's there for anybody that wants it. So we're obviously um, not going to advise on the type of machine you should buy, but we can help you talk about your throughput rate and the goals that you're trying to achieve, um, and then how to maximize the space in your shop and also plan for uh, where you want to go in the next five years or however long you know you think you need to be expanding for. That's forever, whatever. But yeah, so we do that. So just keep that in mind. Good. Didn't know that. Thanks for, uh, for sharing that, Emily. Yeah. Uh, and I think the point is there are lots of really good resources out there. And and sometimes, I mean, while it's good to know that they're out there and they certainly can be helpful, I think the challenge a lot of times is, all right, with with resources like what Emily was just talking about, some of the ones that I mentioned, and a lot of different options for what's out there these days. I mean, John, when you and I started working together over 20 years ago, uh, there weren't quite as many options for a lot of these things out there as there are today, were they? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a dizzying array. And so, and then you then to compound things, you go get on some of these industry groups, say on Facebook, and you start asking questions. And lo and behold, you've got so much um, so much opinion out there. It's it's tough to figure out how to sort through all this. So, part of what I want to talk about today is kind of a methodology that'll help you with that. Um, one of the things I want to ask you is, okay, when you start talking with those shop owners, you visit another shop, you, you go up to, to Cambria, take advantage of their services. What are some of the things to be aware of? What are some of the things um, that are potential downsides of taking that information from other people? What's what's a, a thing you got to watch? Some things you got to watch out for. Cost. I mean, we probably get a discount on some of our stuff because we buy so much of it at one time, and maybe a right like a solo fabricator is looking to buy one thing. Maybe there's another piece of machinery or a piece of technology that could do the same thing that would be less expensive. That would be one thing I could think of. Yep, that's one thing. Because if you know a large organization like Cambria has got better buying power than, say, you know, one of the shops that are here on the call, certainly. Um, one of the things that I think is important is, you know, a lot of folks when I watch them make decisions, they'll they'll talk to people, they'll they'll get on you know Facebook groups or, or do whatever the, any of the things we've talked about, and they'll get people's opinions. And a lot of times they're not going for what's behind those opinions. Like, okay, they loved, you know, this particular 
uh, a RoboJet, or they love this particular CNC. Great. Why? What was their criteria for making that decision? Um, did they have any preconceived opinions? They already like that brand. Maybe they've had good success with that brand in the past, or maybe their buddies talk about how great that brand is. Uh, does that necessarily mean it's the best fit for you? So, you know, what are, what was that buyer's or that friend that you're talking to, that contact that you're talking to, what was their preconceived opinion that helped them make that decision? Then there are questions like, okay, so how much research did the person you're talking to actually do? Did they go out and, and look at a lot of different options? Did they go demo a lot of options? And then as Emily was talking about, what was their budget? You know, they may have a totally different price point. A $10 million shop is going to have a totally different price point, a different price sensitivity than a million dollar shop. Yeah. And I've got clients all, all in that range that I work with. So I'm very well aware of the fact that, you know, they, um, everybody's got a different budget that they're shooting for. Some folks will only go for used equipment. Some will only go for new equipment. I think the other challenge is, and let's use, for the sake of our discussion for the rest of this, let's talk about, let's pretend what we're trying to do is evaluate which digital templating solution we're going to go for. We're, we're, a, we're a, you know, a manual template, a stick template shop, or we're going to go digital, we're going to buy a templater. So let's think about making a big, which for a shop making that change is a big decision. What are some of the criteria you may want to think through as you evaluate a, a templating um, technology? What are some of the things you'd want to look at just generically, not specifically with machine, but in terms of, of fit for your business? Is it suitable for our current processes? Sure. Or is it suitable for the, the technician who's going to be using it? Yeah. How easy is it to learn? How accurate it is. Right. Let me ask you, if you're doing, John, if you're doing a lot of, um, let's say you're doing a lot of multifamily. Um, apartment building type work. And I know that's not your core business, but let's say you were doing a lot of that versus a lot of really high-end homes where the granite budget, the stone budget's 50 to $100,000. Is there a difference in accuracy that you'd need? I would imagine. I mean, the the high-end, is that's where we focus. And that's uh, they get really picky. <laughs> so you've got to be very accurate. What we would look for is accuracy on the on the thing, and also serviceability. You can you get service on? Yeah, and and when and I think all those are, are good. I want to want to you talking about people on the high end being pretty picky. I, my experience has been the two extremes of the market: the very high end of the market, very very picky; the very low end of the market, lowest price, can be very very picky. It's the folks in the middle that that seems to be the easiest to get along with in a in a general sense. Yeah, as you're looking at a, something like a digital template, for example, and you're talking to somebody else about what did you pick and why, understanding what type of work they do is really important. You know, Are they doing a lot of big box? Are they doing a lot of multifamily? Are they doing a lot of the high-end custom homes like John's talking about? That, you know, that the accuracy aspects of that, um, you know, if you're doing multifamily, uh, one aspect I think would be important on a templater, for example, and I'm not trying to sell templaters, we're just using that as an example, if I'm doing a lot of multifamily, I'm doing apartment buildings and I'm not working off of prints, I got to go template every every kitchen, then how long it takes to set up and tear down the template or template machine probably has a big impact because it's it's all about how many templates can I do in a day. 
Whereas in John's high-end custom home market, set up and tear down isn't as big a deal. John's probably got some jobs where he may make two or three trips to template because the house is so big and it's got so many kitchens and vanities and all that. You can't get it done in one day, you know? And so when you start asking people for their opinion, their input, understanding all those and, and somebody there at, at Realstone, it may have been uh, George talking about um, the, the file format outputs, how do they fit? You know, how much, how much uh, cleanup is required by the CAD guys when the template comes in and, you know, all those things, when you start looking at whether you're going to buy a machine and when you start, whether it's a template machine or a CNC or a saw, and you start trying to figure, you're, you're talking to people to get their input, understanding where they're coming from and why they made the decision they made is really important. And so there's a, there's a lot of factors to consider. And what I want to do is share a tool with you that I think can kind of help sort through all of this. <clears throat> and what it's called is a decision matrix. And what I've got on screen here is, is a spreadsheet. And if you want to, you can go to the website, uh, fabricatorscoach.com, hit free tools and go get a, a copy of this. It's an Excel spreadsheet. You can download it. And there's a blank one. And then there's also this example in there as well to kind of show you how to use it. <clears throat> but the, the idea is that there's a process and a structure you can go through to make the decision as, okay, which one of these things do I want to do? Which option do I want to take? Because as I think we've all pretty well agreed, it's not always a clear-cut answer. And because it's not clear-cut, because these are typically big, important decisions, maybe big money, maybe not, but there's always a fair amount of risk because of the impact on the business. So the first thing, of course, is, is get the spreadsheet that we're talking about because it's a great tool to use, and you'll see how the spreadsheet really helps out in a minute. The second thing is sit down and think through what are the factors that are important to you? And we talked about, like in this example of a digital templar, we talked about some of those. And one way to get those is talking to other shops, find out what features they like the best, which ones do they hate, and if they could add a feature, what would it be? But I think it's also important to keep in mind what we've talked about. Are they doing, again, multifamily? Or are they doing John's really high-end custom, you know, on the coast, you know, high-end community type work? Um, and so list those factors. And as you look down through here, I've got, on the, the left-hand side going down, I've got a list of, of probably two dozen factors that I just came up with off the top of my head people might want to evaluate, and I just listed them down the left-hand side. The next step is to look at those factors and then apply a weighting to them. How important are these to you based on your business and the type of work that you do? And give that factor a number. And I like to use numbers one through nine and only use the odd numbers. Because when you start trying to differentiate, well, what's the difference between a five and a six? Well, you can spend an hour arguing about that. The difference between a five and a seven is a little more significant. It's a little easier to make a decision. So when you start putting just the odd numbers on there, then when you go to do the calculations on the metrics, it helps give you a better separation between in, in your evaluation, between your different options. So your level of importance for something like accuracy might be totally different than somebody else's. And your level of importance on how well it works in a dusty condition or how much training is available or, you know, the maintenance costs, you know, set up and tear down all those things. They're going to be different than somebody else. So it's important to sit down and just give each of those factors a weighting. Does everybody understand what I mean by weighting the factors? Any, any questions on that? This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, 
I just have a quick question. Yeah. And this kind of like falls into that category of like understanding all the different products because they're coming out so fast and furious. I mean, I, I'm going to be at Tice this year and I know I'm going to see probably four more brand new templating setups. You know, it's like crazy how fast it's like there's always a new mousetrap for everything. Yep. Is there like a consumer reports or Angie's list for fabricators that helps them like understand the difference between a Northwood saw, so Breton park saw and like how each one could benefit the business or like, does that exist? I'm not, it? I'm not aware of one, John, you know, one, no, well, it's <laughs> it a was... good idea. It's a million dollar idea. <laughs> but how do you enact it? Yeah. And John, you're talking about the difference between a good idea and a great idea is execution, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> gotta make it I work. I think it would be a resource that would be so valuable to fabricators and installers. So, you know, if they could start to see it all in one place and start to understand the difference. Yeah, I okay. think if you, if you could do that with uh, a good objective position and then maybe get some rankings from users, I think would be good too. I think that's that's probably one of the values of some of the Facebook social media interaction that goes on is that you can get a lot of feedback for who's had great experience with a company, who's had bad experience with a company. I think that's that's one aspect of what Emily's talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough to get a really good objective one. And, and again, you got to take even that objective evaluation has got to fit within the criteria of what type of business, what type of market, what type of work. So you know, if you're doing a lot of porcelain versus I don't do any compacted centered stone, I'm only doing 3CM granite and quartz. You know, there, there's those factors that go in there as well. So um, but once you've listed your factors and you've weighted them, the next step is to go to the far right of this form and put a description of the factors and also note what constitutes a high score and a low score, like, uh, accuracy and dusty conditions. I've got a weighting of nine on here on this example. Well, in the description I've got that, you know, high quality, high accuracy of those conditions is a high score. You know, for something like consumables, some of the, some of the, uh, digital templating solutions use a sticker or a band or something that's a that's a that you put out on the kitchen to help develop the template. Um, you know, is a nine on the no consumables a good rating or is a one a good rating? You know, and so you need to describe in that factor description what do you mean by that and how do you score a high score or a low score. That, uh, I don't know if you guys are like me, if I'm doing this, and it takes more than about 10 minutes to do evaluation of multiple options, you may be at this, you know, several hours or, or a day's worth of work over, you know, weeks or months, depending. Even if you just walk through the, the show in, in Vegas for a couple of days, you'd see so many different options, as Emily was talking about. It'd be tough to remember, why did I rate this one what I rated it? You know, what did I really mean by that <coughs> factor? And why would it, you know, is, is nine high or yeah, you know, how do I evaluate that? It's good to document this stuff because it really helps you keep your thoughts straight as you as you pull this together. So making that uh, giving that factor description is really important. All right, and then once you've got that factor description, then you want to take each each of your options. And I've got like a, a brand A, brand B, brand C here, and you say, okay, for brand A, for no consumables, well, we rated that one a nine. Its accuracy at twenty feet is a five. Accuracy and dusty conditions is a three and so forth and so on. You go through and you make those evaluations and you give them that one through nine odd number only evaluation for how well it scores for each of those factors. You with me so far? Cause I'm going through a lot of detail and I don't want to lose anybody. Okay. 
All right. So then what you want to do is you want to do a, a rough calculation. This is where the spreadsheet starts to earn its key is you take the weighting for like no consumables that weighting is a nine and brand a ranks a nine. So nine times nine is 81. And then the next row accuracy at 20 feet weighting of five brand a ranks as a five. So five times five is 25. If you want to do all those calculations, add them up and come to the bottom for a score. And that's where the spreadsheet really kind of earns its key because you're taking the the weighting that you give the factor, how important is it? And you're saying, okay, brand A scored here, brand B here, brand C here on that factor. And then we would do the math for all those all the way down and get our bottom line score. Does the methodology make sense so far? It's going to take me a little while to figure this out. <laughs> well, John, you've got my number. <laughs> yeah. You can always give me a call. Okay. The idea is that you're, this is a process that, that really challenges you to think through what's important and how important are these various factors to your business, kind of work you do. And then as you evaluate your options, you're putting a bit of a numerical score on there. You're removing the emotion of the decision. Trying to, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a perfect process, but the point yeah. is, it is a process. All right. Well, where, do you, where do you find the time to do all the research? A lot of that. Well, what's the risk if you don't? Mm, yeah. Risk having the wrong machine. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've watched people make some really bad, not just in this industry, but in others. I've watched people make bad decisions on machines. They, they pick something that just did not fit their business and it was not a good decision. And the, the cost of that is not just the machine cost. It's not just the implementation and training cost. It's all the struggles and the quality and the frustration for the employees and the impact, the negative impact on the output of the business, profitability of the business. If you're going to make a big decision like this, it, even if you only spend an hour doing this, just thinking through it is better than shooting from the hip. And, and Michael, I understand that, that, you know, you guys are in a big shop and you guys are one arm paper hangers. You're wearing all the hats and you're busier than heck. Um, but in making a decision like this, especially in a smaller shop, you know, a $15 million shop buys their own wrong CNC machine, they can recover from that a whole lot better than a million dollar shop. Million dollar shop buys their own CNC machine, it can kill them. Right. So while it's tougher, I know, for a smaller shop to take the time to do this, I think it's really critical to put some some time into this. And that's the biggest challenge to everything that I talk about, quite frankly, is, is clearing out a little bit of time each day to work on the business and the businesses that are stuck at one, two and $3 million. And, and John, you can probably speak to this from your past, you know, that, that growth from one, two, $3 million to make that jump to four, five, six meant a really big change in how you run your business. And if you're the person in the business making all the decisions, or if you're doing all the templates, or you're involved in every install, you're the limitation on how big your business can get. And that's why I offer out a lot of the information that I do is try to give you ideas how you can carve out, you know, a, a half hour a day, uh, an hour every other day, you know, something like that to start doing this type of thing to make your business better. Because if you if you can't find the time to do that, you're really going to be hope you're happy where you are because it's going to be tough to move forward. It's going to be a big challenge. Um, but understand the, 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 the stress on that, Mike, it's not a, not an easy thing to do. Right. So talking about the tool, once you've, 
figured out your factors, you've evaluated your options, and you've done all the math, then you're done, right? Those of you who know me, I'm setting you up, okay? <laughs> you can kind of feel it, all right? So if you look at our options here, brand A was scored 750 points, brand B was 856, and brand C was 554, all right? <clears throat> so you're going to find out a couple of things once you add all this up. It could be when you started this process, you kind of felt like A and B might be your best options. You weren't really sure C was going to be a player. Well, yeah, the data backs that up, all right? So if that's the case, one thing you can do is you can just take C and drop it off. You don't have to worry about C anymore, all right? Now, if you really liked the salesperson for brand C because they came in and made a great presentation, got you all excited, you were ready to go, and then you went through the scoring exercise, they came out the lowest, then you got to sit back and think, okay, so how much of that ready to go, ready to buy brand C was emotion and good salesmanship and how much of it was based on facts and data and, and look at your rankings, all right? Um, but let's say you decided to go ahead. All right, we're going to drop C off. Now I've got a choice between A and B. And B scored higher than A, but 100 points, when you're talking about 700 points, that's that's not a lot of difference. So now we need to kind of look at this a little bit. Step back and look at the big picture. Why did B score higher than A? And one thing to do is go look at the factors where we had our nine weighting on them. We, we said, okay, this factor is the highest importance to us. And it may be that you look at things like purchase price, delivery time, um, the, the time to master it, um, setup time, things like that, that you may have thought were nines, you know, average time to complete a template. And then you start evaluating, um, you know, maybe you're in a situation too where uh, I've got a couple of clients that are just growing gangbusters. They are not going to cover off the ball and they're not even going to see a slowdown this year. And so if they needed one of these machines and they were going to change from what the, the technology they're using to something different, then something like delivery time would be a really big factor. So if you work down your list of factors, find delivery time, we rank that as a nine. Well, brand A was a seven. That means higher score for a shorter delivery time. Brand B is a one. And it's going to take six months to get this machine. Well, if I'm growing fast and I'm going to change, I've decided to make a change to a different type of templating technology being able to get it quickly is going to be a really big factor. And so maybe that cements brand B's lead in this evaluation, you know, or it may be that, um, you know, the, the average time to complete a template is more important or that setup time. Any of those nine rankings uh, are, are a rank weighting of nine for each factor. You want to go through and just kind of look at those and say, okay, just how important is that to me? And if I, you may end up narrowing this down to just a handful of factors that are the most critical and then evaluate A and B together and see, okay, how do they, how do they fit relative to each other? So it's not just take the score at the bottom at face value. It's, it's use it to, to, to whittle down your options. So you've got fewer to look at and then step back and say, okay, why is one a little bit better than the other? And let's go dig into the details a little bit and think about it. It may be, Mike, it may be a 15 minute exercise once you do it, or it may take you a little bit longer, you know, depending on, on, on what the differences look like. But the idea is don't just take that score at face value, step back, look at the big picture and, and make a conscious decision. Now there's one more one more important step in this process I haven't mentioned. What do you think that might be? Any guesses? Price. Well, price is one I of our factors. See, I don't see service on here. 
Uh, I've got delivery time, spare parts, um, speed at which spare parts can be received. What about like troubleshooting? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have it listed, but you could. One okay, thing okay. about it's kind of the, so the big, a... yeah, I, yeah. It, it, this was just, uh, I threw together some things that I thought would make sense, fill the page up and look good. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a real example. Training. training the operator. Yeah. Training, training zone here. Um, okay. There's, um, let's see. Yeah. Dedicated class training available is the fourth factor. And then oh. um, time mm. to master was one in here. Yeah. So about a halfway down the list there. Now, what I'm talking about is kind of in this overall process of decide your factors, weight them, do your evaluation, and then, uh, then do the calculations and look at the outcome. In this process, if as the owner or the general manager or office manager, if you do this by yourself, will you get better results doing this by yourself for something like a templar, a digital templating option? Or would you get better results by involving your templars, your CAD people, your shop manager, other folks in the business? Which which is going to give you a better better result, you think? Group effort. Yeah. Why is that, Mike? Um, well, I mean, it's, it, it's, just, it's just better to get more eyes on the, on the thing, more okay. opinions. All right. What's, what's having more opinions going to do for you? I guess it will um, remove bias maybe, or just kind of have maybe more of a clear path to a decision. True. One of the things it could do, it could slow you down a little bit. You you had mentioned being concerned about time earlier. So having more people involved won't be faster necessarily. It'll be able to slow you down a little bit, but I agree with you. I think you'll get a better analysis. And I think it's because when you think about, you know, I've always, because I've, I've done so much work in so many manufacturing plants over my career, it's it's very, very common. I walk into a, a company and the, the plant manager, general manager, whoever says, yeah, here's our problem we need help with. When I got on that shop floor and I talked to the people doing the work every day, they've already got the solution nine times out of 10. Mm -hmm. We just have to surface that solution and figure out how to work through the details of execution and 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 make a you know make it work for us. And the reason that's true is that the people who are doing the job every day, they understand what the challenges are. They live it. And yeah, everybody on this call can probably do a template, a digital template. Okay. I'm not saying that you're not capable. I'm saying that folks who have to deal with this every day are thinking about the things that impact their job. <clears throat> and my belief is that most people generally want to do a good job. I don't, I've run across very few people that show up every day trying to mess up as much as they can. It's rare. Okay. Um, so I think if they want to do a good job, then they want to help make a good decision. And I said earlier, this process is not bulletproof. It's not a, it's not a, a silver bullet that's going to solve all your problems. But so that means, and, and in any decision like this, there is rarely a perfect decision that checks all of those number nine boxes and scores a nine on. There's going to be a compromise somewhere, right? So that means that when you go to implement whatever you decided to do, then you're going to run into some challenges, aren't you? There are going to be some things that happen that you didn't plan on or some things that you knew were going to be a little bit tough. You're going to need some help getting them fixed. So this thing, so this new saw or template machine or whatever is going to work, or this new location where you've decided to buy or build a plant is going to work. And you're going to need some help getting those problems solved. 
And so if you've got the folks who have to live with this result involved in making the decision, now they've got some ownership. And it's not this, ah, you know, Emily made that decision. I knew she was heading the wrong way. She didn't want to talk. She doesn't care. Ah, you know, if it doesn't work, that's her problem, not mine. You know, that's not what we want. I think, um, Jose, you were talking about, you know, wanting to have your team involved in this session because you want them to, you know, to, to be involved in making business decisions. This is a great way to get folks involved in this decision, have input, vet everybody's approach, give them assignments for going out and gathering data, uh, you know, kind of a divide and conquer type process and, and really get them involved so that they can help make this decision. And then when it, when it comes time to implement and execute, which is where some of you already are in, in your, your projects, then now you've got people who will have a vested interest in making it work. And yeah, you John. also got to be careful that sometimes it's hard to, to do things by committee. <laughs> it can be a challenge, no doubt. That, that's why I said earlier that, you know, Mike talked about getting people involved. It's going to slow the process down a little bit, won't it? Definitely. Yep. And, and some, you know, how difficult this is as a group, I think, is a reflection of, of culture of the business. Uh, the, the, next, uh, the next session next month is uh, Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast is the title of the article. So we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about culture. Uh, but yeah, if you've got a culture where people are used to kind of working together towards a common goal and they're comfortable sharing their input because they know they're not going to get attacked and beaten up, then that's a culture that a group, you know, group input to decision like this can work really well. If you've got a culture where people are, are extremely opinionated and they criticize each other's opinions, yeah, walking through something like this as a group is going to be really difficult and you may or may not get good results. No question about it. Very good point, John. So I know I hit a bunch of technical detail because this is a spreadsheet and it's got a lot of numbers and that can be a little tough to follow. Anybody got any questions about the, the overall process, about how this, how this works, this, this decision matrix? Not the process. Hang on a minute. I got two folks talking at once. Mike, what yeah. was your comment? All right. I was a little off topic. I was going to ask where, I know you mentioned it before, but where um, where could we find this sheet? Um, go to fabricatorscoach.com. Uh -huh. It's up here on screen. And then there's a free tools option at the top of the website. And you can, and you can get a copy there. Okay, thank you. Sure. John, you had a comment. Well, what I was saying, this could take me a little while to understand and absorb this. I can't. I think I get the logic of it. Okay. But yeah, I need to do it a little more. I'm slow. That's so. okay. John, you're, you're like, a little bit like me. You're not a spring chicken anymore, so it takes some of us a little bit longer to do these kind of things. But one thing I'll offer you, anybody who, who wants help with something like this, give me, you know, send me an email, give me a call. My information is there on screen. I'm happy to walk through a, an example with you. If you've got a specific decision you want to talk through, I'm happy to talk through it with you and just kind of give you a hand. I will. I also want to talk to Emily. I'd like to find out about this Cambria. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll put my, I'll put my yeah, 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 yeah. I'll shoot my email in here. Yeah, put it in chat real quick. And again, I'm I'm getting close to wrapping this up, as you can tell. We'll keep this call open for another 30 minutes for any kind of conversation like that you guys want to have. So 
Yeah, that's good. Emily, appreciate you sharing that uh, that resource. I think it's good to have that kind of stuff out there. Um, again, anybody who has uh, a challenge with this, who's not real sure about some of the details, the article's out there, slipperrockgazette.net or on my website, get a copy and read it. It'll walk you through it. If you still got questions, certainly give me a call or shoot me an email. I'm happy to walk through an example with, with you or with your team. I think it's really important as, as shop owners to understand that our businesses are running exactly the way we've designed them to run. So if you're not happy with how your business is running, one of the things that I offer is a free customized assessment. And I'll it'll, it'll take about an hour on the phone. We'll walk through about a million and a half questions. Uh, and if you want another set of eyes looking at what's going on, I'm happy to, to offer that uh, that perspective, if that's any value to you. Um, Jose, I think you said you had uh, a couple of folks going to Tice to the show uh, two weeks from now? Yes. Anybody else going to the show? Emily? I am. I'll see you guys there. All right. You'll be, uh, whose booth are you going to be in? I'm not sure which. Well. Cambria, don't right? Don't even get me. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh oh So, like, I'm the one raising my hand for the fabricators. Mm. We have a um, booth at KBiz, and I don't know if you guys know this, but you guys can bop back and forth between all of these shows that are going on uh, in the next couple of weeks. So I think there's like a hardware show and a, I, I, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So anyways, you can bop back and forth, but um, we are talking about a booth at Tice next year. So more to come on that. Okay, cool. Uh, and Emily, I don't know if you're at this level or not. I've, I've been having a little conversation with some of the, uh, the, the folks at Tice are organizing the show. And what I'm hearing is, that the attendance and registrations are back to pre-pandemic levels as yep. are the exhibitors. You're hearing the same thing? Yep. Yep. So it should yep. be a really good show this year. If anybody's planning on going, look to look to have a really good time. It should be great. Yeah, it's going to be gangbusters this year. It's going to mm -hmm. be wild. Uh, John? No, I said we've got two people going. We, okay. we won an award this year. So. Okay. Well, you're, you won an award? Something um, National Stone Institute, uh, one of our jobs was selected on award. first time that's happened. Oh, no, congratulations. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Congratulations. Who have you got you. going? Who's going? John, John, what's the name of your shop, buddy? I, I was late. Stoneworks. Stoneworks. Okay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet all you and guys. We've got, uh, well, my daughter's going too, but she's she's our sales manager but she's also involved in the um kitchen and bath so she's going on their behalf oh, nice. cool good good deal well i'll be uh i'll be on the tice stage doing a presentation i'll be in the isfa booth um off and on so uh anybody that's going to be there i'd love to connect with you maybe we can have a cup of coffee or something like that love to love to say hi it's yeah. always always nice to meet in person after all these video calls it's uh <laughs> It's, uh, I remember running into Emily at the ISFA conference last year, and I was like, wow, this is a live person. Holy cow. That's great. Uh, <laughs> it's surreal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, it's a nice, it's a refreshing change of pace in that respect. Um, I've got, no, if I've got my appointment, I just came in. So, okay. Okay. Thanks, John. Thanks for jumping on. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate it. Um, be on the lookout for some announcements in the next uh, couple of months. We've got a uh, sales mastery class teaching people how to sell. That's uh, going to crank up probably in the next month or so. We've got a uh, kind of a focus group that's helping us plan that, a focus group of fabricators. Um, we've also got a marketing workshop that's going to crank up in the next month or so. 
And the purpose is if you go through the workshop and you do the work, you will, before the end of the workshop, you will have new sales leads coming in. Uh, so we've got that kind of thing in the in the works. And then probably a couple months after that, we've had a lot of requests for like a sales, not a sales, but an owner's mastermind group where owners get together and talk a lot. So we're in the process of structuring that too. So keep an eye out for those announcements. If any of you have any interest in those, email me or call me. I'll make sure you get on the list for that. Uh, the next article for next month is Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast. And uh, we'll talk about the impact of culture in your company and talk about different, different ways to improve it if you don't like some aspects of your culture. So I want to thank you all again for taking time out of your Friday. I hope this has been helpful for you. Again, you if you've got any, you've thank got you. any questions, thank you. Uh, got any questions, reach out. You too. You too. Thanks, thank Ed. You, this was great, as always. Thank you, Thanks, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fabricators Coach Podcast. If you've got any additional questions about this particular episode or anything else, please check us out at fabricatorscoach.com. Thanks. Have a great day.